Thanks for joining us today. At City Life, we have one purpose, making it easy for people to say yes to Jesus. We believe today's message will empower you to do exactly that. But remember that church is so much more than a sermon you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life. I'm gonna teach you a new F word today. It's gonna to be a good word in your life. It's gonna bring, um, it is going to just bring fresh life to you. We're kicking off the new series, the new F word. And I wanna start by reading Psalms chapter 92 and verse 12. And uh, it says this, yes, look how you've made all your lovers to flourish like palm trees, each one growing in victory, standing in strength. This is the new F word for your life. It's, and I just want to declare it over you, whether you're in this room or whether you're watching online, and that F word is the word flourish. God wants you to flourish in your life. In fact, if you look through the scripture, you look through the, the entire story, what's very obvious is that God wants you to flourish in your life. And there is a very real enemy who does not want you to flourish in your life. He wants you to wither and die inside because when you flourish, you represent your creator well. When you flourish, you most look like Jesus when you're flourishing. And you know what? Your enemy hates Jesus. So he does not want you to look like Jesus. He wants to mold you in his image, but God wants us in his image, and that is an image that is flourishing. I want you just, just, you can, if you feel bold enough, you can just look to the person next to you and just say, F you. Flourish you. That might be the sound bite for the week, eh? Right there? Might have just got it. Maybe I, maybe I should just stick to dancing. I'll get Nathan to give me some lessons. Yes, please. That was good. Like that little, you notice how when he turned, his head went, just, and then he's just like, whew. It's like, well, that's really talented. I don't think I could do that. You want me to try it? Yes, of course you would want me to try it because it's fun. And if it's fun, Melissa wants you to do it. So let's, shall we try? I need to hear. Do you want me to try? All right. <laughs> Woo. Now I'm dizzy. It only takes one rotation when you get older. Here's what I know. Nothing in our life improves on its own. This is what I know. Nothing in your life will improve if you leave it to itself. Hopes actually don't fix anything. We can wish, we can hope, we can want, but if we don't do something about things in our life, those things never change. Many of you are living in years of frustration, and the reason you're frustrated is because you've never actually done anything about it. You keep hoping something will change. You, we keep wishing, but this, this is a series about seeing things change in our life. Everything in our life goes from a state of order to, 
to disorder unless we take intentional steps to make it go the other way. Sometimes in life, you, you may be like me, that you've been on a downward slide in certain areas of your life, and, and you, you kind of in the back of your mind know, I'm kind of on a downward slide in this area in my life, but you ignore it because it's easier to ignore it than it is to do something about it. And so you go on this downward slide, you don't notice how much, sometimes you just don't notice how much an area of your life has weakened until you need that area in your life to work. And then you're in a crisis and you realize, I have no strength for this crisis. I have no strength left in this area of my life. It, is, it has gotten a lot worse than I realized, and that was just because it was a part of your life. You didn't need it to work. You neglected it, but then when you needed it to work, it wasn't there. Sometimes that's a friendship dying, a marriage exploding. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just relationships that have drifted apart. Or we realize that our capacity for love has dwindled. We realize we don't have much grace for ourselves, let alone to give to anybody else. Or maybe we've found that anxiety is taking over. All our waking hours are becoming filled with anxiety. And then sometimes even our sleeping hours start getting filled. We can get caught asking, what do I do about this? Where do I go from now? How many of you have ever been in, ever been in that situation where you know that that something needs fixing, but you have no idea what to do about it in your life. It's like, I know there's a part of me that's broken, there's a part of me that's weak, but I don't even know where to go from here. I don't even know what to do. Well, you know where the best place to start is at the very beginning. It's a great, and, and the very beginning of any change is, is really the hunger to change and the desire to grow. The hunger to learn, the desire to grow. And you know, the, I think this whole last season, obviously, obviously this last season that we've been through as, as a planet has brought a lot of change to a lot of places. It's brought lots of, it's brought lots of beautiful things out of people, but it's brought a lot of ugliness out of people too. And the way we're handling it, I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're getting a passing grade right now as a culture and how we're handling this, this situation. We are polarizing. I mean, whoever thought World War III would be fought over masks? Like, who, it, it, it's just, it's, it's polarizing. We, we, it's, what it's really doing is it's, it's showing, it's showing us how a segment of us is very unhealthy. And the masks are just becoming, they're just, I mean, that's just the flag that we're waving but it's, that's not the cause. The cause is that a long time ago we weren't flourishing inside and now it's showing up on the outside. It's, this season's forced us to evaluate our lives. For some of it, it gave us time to evaluate our lives. For others, some, some, it's just it's shown the need. It's exposed the need to be evaluating our lives. It, it made us ask, it made me, I'm going to just say, I won't put you in this category. Maybe if you could fit, you're allowed to, to share it with me. It made me ask, am I healthy as a person? Am I, 
is what I'm doing going to take me where I want to go? Like, is the path I'm on actually a destination I want to be at? If I keep walking down this path, is this actually where I want to be? Well, I can tell you, you know, the will of God for you is that in every situation, you flourish, that you thrive, regardless of what is going on in the world around you. And, you know, we're going to look, be looking at something in this series. It's called, it's called Formations. And we've, we kind of kicked off this whole COVID season with, uh, with, a, with a series uh, that was based on the ruthless, a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And many of you have read it. Many of you have enjoyed it. And uh, it, it basically was, it was so timely as a book to be released in this season. And, and it basically, it, it was written before the COVID season started, but it, it, it addresses the drivenness of our culture and how it's killing our souls. And just how the pace of life is, it, when we're just, we're, we're, when our lives are just full of activity and busyness and, and noise and clutter all the time, that's not actually good for us. That's not good for us internally. And so it made me ask, it made, it made me ask, well, where do I go from here? Like it's, I became, through, the, through this, that series and at the start, especially uh, we, we learned about the, these formations called silence, solitude, simplicity, slowing, and Sabbath. And these were, these were just, and if you have not, if you, if you weren't a part of that series or you haven't watched that series, I would encourage you to go back. It, was, it, was right, it would have been right in the, uh, mid-March, beginning of April. Go back and, and tune into that series and, and listen to it or watch it because it was... Uh, I, I think so foundational for what we're actually about to go into here. And uh, over the last few months, I've instituted, I wouldn't even call them like radical changes in life, but just some, some changes on a daily basis. And I'm actually shocked at what a difference it's made to my internal world. Uh, what a difference it has made in, in the, the health of my soul. And uh, you know, one of them, one of them, I, I may have talked about it before. You'll hear about it. You'll hear about it in the weeks ahead. But one of them is just scripture and prayer before phone or before technology. You know, the, is the making sure that making sure that the day starts with the right story. What's the story that's forming your day? What's you know, and, and it's something simple as this, like don't check your emails first thing. You know, so many of us keep our phones by our, they're by our beds. And when we get up, we pull it out and then we look for the red dots to see what's controlling me today. Let's, let's have something better to shape our day. You know, you can, you can base your life on a story that is current events and right now. You can base your life on that story. Or you can base your life on the eternal story. You know, the, the, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God abides eternal. What, do you want to base your day on the, on the narrative of the news? Because, wow, that's just, that's crazy town right there. Every day, every day it's a different crisis. Scripture before Scripture before phone, 
And then another one that I, it, it actually wasn't, it's just a practice that I put into my life that uh, isn't, we didn't, I, well, we kind of talked about it, but the, uh, I just stopped following the news. I just stopped. It's like, if I want to get news, I will go to uh, long source journalism, like people who research. Facebook's not those people, just in case you're wondering. People who find, people who dig for facts. People who spent more than 15 minutes writing an article that just destroyed somebody's life. Go to Long Source. That's just free. Well, where am I in my notes today? You might be asking, where do I go from here? Well, the, the great thing is, and this is, I, I think it might have been Plato that said this, or Aristotle, or one of the old Roman guys, <laughs> is that when the student is ready, the teacher appears. You know, when the student, when there is hunger in our lives for change, we will, we will all, all of a sudden, you will start finding teachers around you who will help you change. You will find information around you that will help you change. And, and uh, this, this summer, um, Monica picked up a book, and then I picked it up shortly after, which is a common theme in our home. And uh, the, it was a book called The Common Rule. And it was a book on, uh, it was, it's a book on formations. And in this book, the, the author, he's a lawyer, and he was a missionary, a lawyer. You're, you're going to hear more about this book in the weeks ahead. But uh, he makes this statement that I, I deeply resonated with. And this is a statement he made basically on the verge. He was on the verge of a nervous breakdown. He was, he was, he was uh, just busy all the time. He started suffering anxiety attacks, couldn't sleep. It, it, it basically went to the doctor, hadn't slept in 48 hours, went to the doctor. And the doctor says, like, you're having panic attacks. And he's like, I'm a high performer. I don't have panic attacks. Well, welcome to the world. It's, <clears throat> this is what you get now. And so after, he writes in his book, he says, Only in retrospect did I realize that while the house of my life was decorated with Christian content, the architecture of my habits was just like everyone else's. And that architecture wasn't working. And, uh, you know, we continue in our routines and our habits because they work until they don't. Until they don't. And, and there's so many, so many times in life we hit these until they don't moments. And it's like, well, where do we go from here? What do we do from here so that we can experience life? And, you know, this, that series back in April, it's, you know, the, the, it, it had, we started with that scripture in Matthew chapter 11. Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me and I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. The first place we start when we realize that life is getting heavy is know who to turn to. Come to me and I will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. This is the second thing is learn the ways of Christ. Learn the ways of Jesus. And you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. And that's what this whole thing is about. It's about learning the ways of Jesus. The Western church, we've had a problem, is we're way too Western and not enough church. We, we just, we, we've, we have 
the decorations. But we don't have the architecture. And so that's what this is all about, learning the ways of Jesus, learning how to live life like he lived life and how he's taught us to live life. And that's what, you know, it's not just the beliefs that need to be different. It's the way we walk those beliefs out. It's the way, it's about how our, it's about how our souls are and about how we go about life. And so these things called formations or you know, there's a lot of words you could substitute in there. Habits, patterns, that, that these are all kind of the, the same thing. The formations are really, uh, they're about developing three areas of our life that Jesus himself told, he said, these are the most three important things that you can develop or you can practice in your life. And, and does anybody want to guess the three? Love God. Love's always the answer. You know that, right? <clears throat> Love God. Yeah, love people. You know, we always skip over the second one. Isn't that interesting? Love yourself. Love yourself. See, we have a hard time saying that, don't we? It's more spiritual if I say love God and love others. That's not what, that's not what he said to do. He said love God, love yourself, and love others. And you can't. Because you can't love others if you don't love yourself. He said love others as you love yourself. And so some of us make really lousy lovers of others because we're not very good at loving ourselves. But this is the order. Love God, love yourself, and love, love others. And we're gonna, we've kind of we've put these into three categories. As loving God is the first category is spend time with Jesus. Spend time. You can't love who you don't know. You can't love who you're not in relationship. The second, loving ourselves. And that's really, you know what, that's becoming like Jesus. And the more you become like Jesus, the more you will love yourself. Because Jesus is good. He's filled with grace and mercy. He's functional. He's not filled with anxiety. So the more we become like him, the more we love ourselves and, and love others. And this, this is very simply carrying on the mission of Jesus. Carrying on the purpose that Jesus walked the earth. In Hebrews chapter 6, it says this, Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. Advance into perfection. That word perfection, that's a, that's a, that's a big word, isn't it? But you know, the, the, in the, when you look in the scriptures, the word for perfection is actually the same word as the word maturity. It's, it's, to, it's to be complete. It's to advance into completeness. And that's what formations do. They help us advance into completeness or into, into spiritual perfection. And so formations, they fall. I'm, I'm teaching you a little bit here today. And these are, I just want you to, to catch something here. Formations fall into two categories. They fall into acts of embracing, and they fall into acts of resistance. And so acts of embracing is very simple. What do I need to embrace in my life that needs to grow? You know your family? You need to embrace your family. You don't resist your family. You embrace your family. Your friendships. You embrace them. Your relationship with God, that's what you, you embrace that. Prayer, you embrace. The act of embracing. What activities should I, do I need to, 
to, do I need to embrace for myself and those around me? And then the second is acts of resisting. Acts of resisting. What are the things that I need to be resisting in this, in this time? What are the things that I need to resist on a daily basis? I tell you, on a daily basis, I have to resist my urge to reply. Just resist it. Why? Because there's nothing healthy and functional happening in, this, in, the, in certain environments. There is no... A, a, the proverb says, if you answer a fool according to his folly, you're basically going to get... Turn, it's going to turn around. They're going to beat you with experience. You're just, you, it doesn't say that. That's like a paraphrase. You're, basically, you're going to suffer for it. There's some conversations. You just need to resist them. You just need to put up the barrier to those conversations and not engage because there's nothing good. There, there's nothing good that can come out of that. Resisting. What is present that I don't want present in my life? What influences are clamoring for my attention but are not good for my life, my purpose, and my relationships? Or are not good for the three, the three things that Jesus said is, is loving God, loving yourself, and loving others. These are the things that you resist. And so I stop with the question, and the question is this. Let's, let's ask the question, what is forming me? Or what is forming us? What's forming the story in our heart? What's forming our spiritual life? What's forming our soul in this season? Well, in this series, we're going to look at some things that form us. And simply put, it's our routines that form us. It's our habits that form us. It's the things we do day in and day out that sometimes we do it without thought, but it still forms us. Our hopes, they're not what shape our reality. It's our habits that shape our reality. So we can hope to age in full health, but the habit of fast food meals and failing to exercise, late night snacking, those will override those hopes. I can, I can hope to have a strong, spiritual, spiritually vital life. But if my habits are to skip prayer and to skip the Bible, and my habits are to watch 2 to 12 hours of TV... You can put your own number in there, whatever's appropriate to your experience. If, that's, if my habit is to do that, if it's to spend time reacting on Facebook, my habits are going to override my hopes. I'm amazed at how many people have given up on spiritual life only in conversation to have them finally admit they hadn't actually been spending any time with God to begin with. And, and they walk away from faith saying it doesn't work. Yet, can you make, you know, try parenting your children every other Sunday for one hour. <laughs> Tell me how it goes. I will read the story, believe me. I will read the story. It's, why would we think that a vital spiritual life can be done off an hour a week or two hours a week? Why would we think that would work? Try earning a living off of going to work one hour a week. I know lots of people try it. 
It doesn't work. Our habits shape our reality. Our, sh- our habits shape our reality. What's funny about habits is they don't have to be complicated. They don't, it, it, sometimes we get overwhelmed by things that there's so much that needs to change, but there's actually not that much that needs to change. There's just little things that need to change. And little habits have the, the power, have the deep power to alter uh, profound experiences in our lives. And, uh, you know, habits, they shape our hearts. So the challenge for us is to form habits that form the right heart in us. Form habits that form the right heart in us. Now, in the traditional church, if you grew up, uh, you know, if you grew up in a traditional style of church, they had a word that we don't really use in, you know, this more modern style of church, and it's called the word liturgy. And liturgy is... um, Basically, the traditional church had a, the word liturgy was a pattern of words or actions repeated regularly as a way of worship. And you know how you can, you can tell people that grew up in liturgical churches because when they get in certain environments, they can just start speaking the recitations that they grew up with. You know, if you grew up Catholic, you, you just, if I say, you know, peace unto you, what do you say? See, there's a whole bunch of people who've grown up in the liturgical church, and, and also to you. Or, or, uh, you, you there's just, there's this, but they're, they're, these, are, these are called liturgies. And the, the, the goal of a liturgy is for the participant to be formed in a certain way. It, the goal is, it's by, by reason of repeating something, it's to create a certain type of person or create a certain type of response in our lives. And so the, this is really, this is, this is what formations is. It's things we repeat with, the, it's, it's the habits that we repeat with a certain goal. The only difference with liturgy is that it admits, it admits that it's an act of worship. And so we can have habits that are forming us, but what would happen if we started calling all of our habits liturgies or acts of worship? What would, what would our, you know, we say, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go do my evening Netflix worship. <laughs> I need to do my Facebook devotions. I must perform my acts of service for McDonald's. You know, if we, if we start calling our habits acts of worship, it really opens our eyes as to what we're actually doing. And so, the, you know, we, we have this thing called habits, formations. Um, what, what, basically, what the, what's the difference between a habit and a formation? Well, what, we call, what we're going to call formations, it's really with the goal of, of of bringing us closer to Jesus. It's the goal of making us in those three, to spend time with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to carry on the mission of Jesus. That's the goal of formations. Habits is just kind of a a very broad word. And, uh, you know, formations, they're not a quick fix, but they do work quicker than you think. They're not a quick fix. You won't do it next week. 
But it won't take as long as you think to change your life. It won't take as long as you think to start shaping a new heart in you. You know, habits form more than just our schedules. They form our hearts. And many, many times the, the, what we're experiencing in our life is just the result because we've, we've begun to carry out habits that we've stopped thinking about. We've begun to carry out habits that we've stopped, uh, we've stopped giving the time and thought into, or the intentionality. And, you know, there's a, a book called The Power of Habit. And the author in here writes, he says, when a habit is formed, the brain stops participating in the decision-making. And the patterns, that basically the patterns we have established, they start to unfold automatically from that point on. That's the power of habit. And it's very simple. You know, when you learn to walk, you had to think about it. You know, you watch a, you watch a little one to two-year-old begin to learn how to walk or learn how to run. They, they have to think about going up and down the stairs. You watch, like, the tottering and the, it's okay, i got to bend my left knee and put my right leg down. And You know, we all, there was a point in our lives we all had to think very seriously about just walking. But then it became a habit. And now we don't think about walking anymore. We don't have to, okay, as I go across the stage, okay, right leg out, left knee bent, right leg out, left knee bent. You know, breathe, don't forget to breathe, don't forget to breathe. Oh, blink, blink, blink. Like, <laughs> we don't think about any of this stuff anymore. And the reason we don't think about it is because once we have a habit, our, the conscious the brain just doesn't need to be involved anymore in that process, our conscious brain. When habits are good, the heart is shaped in a good and healthy way. Once you get good habits in your life, it's a lot easier to keep them. And they just continue to do their work. That, this is what formations is. The dark side is, is when a habit's unhealthy, it brings poison to our soul. And it just continues to bleed poison into us until we change it. And that shows up as addiction, depression, despair, disconnection. You know, the, the early church, it had a term for the system of habits or those, these formations and it was called the rule of life and we've been trying to think of a better name for the rule of life because rules just seem so ruly but the rule of life is very simply and the best way to compare it is the is to a trellis that a rule is a is a like the trellis you put in the garden and you know what happens if you plant a tomato plant but you don't have a, a trellis or something to support it it just sprawls out and nothing nothing good happens with the tomato plant but as soon as you put it on a trellis it you're what you're providing is a structure for it to grow and be fruitful you're providing a structure for it to flourish and then you get to enjoy tomatoes on toast later in the summer maybe if summer was warm enough but that's what the rule of life it's a pattern of habits designed for you to flourish 
And that's what we're going to be looking at in these, in these next, in this series, is how to get the patterns in our life that will cause us to flourish. And you know, the patterns will be different for different people. You know, I'm, I'm going to venture to say, to start your day with scripture and prayer, that'll be a good pattern for everybody. But there's going to be some, some, some things will be very specific to you. Other things will be things that we do in common. One thing is true is if we want to get our hands on who we're, be, we're becoming, we need to get our hands on our habits. If we, want to, if we want to take control of what's being formed in our lives, habits is where we start. Let's stand up. And I want to just, as we, as we uh, finish here, you know, the invitation of Jesus was really not an invitation to believe in him. It was to follow him. And I know that, I know, you know, theologically believing in him is a very important part, but the, his disciples didn't know who he was until after he had died. If you think about this, the, those who, who wrote the Bible didn't know who he was when they walked with him. But it was in the process of walking with him that they, they figured out who he was. That it was that process of following him, following in his ways, that they, they got to understand him. And so I want to just lead us in a prayer. And it's a prayer saying yes to following Jesus. And you may be, you may be here saying, I'm not sure if I'm ready to believe everything. That's, well, the great news is, you don't have to. Maybe you're online watching right now and you're thinking, I don't, I don't know if I believe everything. It's, well, that's the great thing is you don't have to believe everything to follow him. Following him is very simply discovering who he is and, and letting him work in our lives. So I'm going to, maybe you've never prayed a prayer like that. You can just join us as we pray this together. Let's pray, Jesus, I say yes to you. I want to follow you. I want to follow in your ways. I want to learn how to live the way you told me to live, the way you designed me to live. And I want to discover the life that you've promised me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc or fill out the Next Step section on the City Life app. It's an honor as a church to play just a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to seeing you soon here at City Life.